for some reason, it's bad that this was the very first thought I had when this happened. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, uh, the touchdown he scored with a minute left. The first thought I had was, one, your reaction, and two, <laughs> what would this guy have done if we had just dropped him in the 1960s? I mean, would he have ever been tackled? <laughs> I mean, he's a roadrunner. I mean, I, yeah. I've never seen anybody run like him, man. I don't know if I've ever seen someone run that fast in my life. It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, welcome to episode 201 of the Three Point Podcast. Our team includes Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Home, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. Now, normally we, we start the podcast with a little catch-up. Usually we end uh, the pod when we have a entertainment tonight, usually at the end. But i got to mix something in here right out of the get-go on our catch-up. Jared, last podcast kind of gave a great review of something that I needed to start watching, and it's a show on HBO called Euphoria. And just to bring everybody up to speed, and Jared, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm checking it out. It's pretty, <laughs> it, it's it's wild. Just, uh, just to be clear, this is like a high schooler drama. It's literally set in a high school, so I just think that's interesting. Uh, what is it? A, what is it that you like about it? Well, well, well yeah. Let's get into it just a little bit. I don't, Matt. You probably haven't checked it out yet, have you? No. It, uh, it is not for everybody. It, uh, well, here's here's a little cliff note thing: a biracial lesbian drug addict, a transgender girl who is her bestie, a jock with demons, his closeted statutory rapist dad, and the list goes on. I mean, I don't know if that sucks you in. I don't know if that scares you away. But what? here's, here's, here's my viewpoint. Jared brought it up. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. And after episode one, I came real close to saying, nah, this isn't, nah, what is this? And then episode two, I had to see another episode <laughs> just to make sure. And after episode two, Damn it, HBO! It sucked me in. Yeah, it's it's about college or high school kids, but it, I'm not giving it a recommendation to everybody because it certainly is not for everybody. But uh, right. 
All I could tell you is Jared brought up the little thing about, yeah, it's got TNA. Well, it's got a lot more than TNA. It's got the most male nudity I think I've ever seen in an HBO show. It's crazy. I don't know how else to describe this show. It is. Here's what I, I'll say this. I appreciate that a lot of people, when you give them recommendations, it's in one ear and out the other. It's like you don't even understand why you're even giving them recommendations. You, on the other hand, if I tell you to, to that you should check something out, you 100% will go watch it. You'll you'll read it, whatever it is that I recommend. So I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Um, but it's just what a like turn of events that this show ended up grabbing you. But I think the reason that it does, uh, it grabs people is one, it's just good television and it's good. It's got a good director and it's got great actors and actresses. And if you combine those two things, a good a leader at the top with good young actresses and actors, I mean, whatever the storyline is, they're going to bring the most out of it. And that's what they've done. I mean, Zendaya is maybe the hottest star, hottest actress in all Hollywood right now. And she's just like a part of this ensemble cast. It's awesome. I love the show. It's kind of coming out every single Sunday. So Matt, there's still time for you to jump on the train, but maybe don't have the kids around when it's on. Okay. That's for sure. But maybe not even the wife. I mean, I'm not watching it with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, uh, where, where, where do you find yourself watching this show? Is it like four o'clock on a Wednesday uh, right after work or, or when are you watching? I'm well, just kind of curious. Well, well, full disclosure, we were out and since this is catch up, you know, when we recorded the pod last week, I was out in Washington, DC visiting uh, my daughter and, and the granddaughter, but uh, my wife stayed out there. I picked her up at the airport yesterday. So I had, I was home alone. I had, I could watch it whenever I wanted to. And I, like I said, I watched the first couple episodes and it just sucked me in. And then it was like two episodes a night after that. And in fact, this morning I finished watching episode three of uh, season two. So I'm completely caught up. And, and Matt, something about this show that, uh, that Jared hasn't really talked too much about. Yeah. It's about high school kids. It's, there's a lot of rampant drug use. I mean, there's crazy sexual stuff. Uh, but the backstories on each of the characters, you know, they, they, they show you the characters at episode one and two, but then they start doing the backstory. And I don't know about you, Jared, I'm not going to give away uh, a lot here, but, uh, the backstory and probably my favorite characters are, uh, the, the drug dealer, you know, uh, Fez, Fez and his brother, you know, Ashtray. And then once they introduce the grandma, oh my God, I'm, she's my top character of all time. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> well, that's just because she's a former actress on the Sopranos. That's part of it. That's part of it. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's a great show. I'm glad you're watching it. I mean, let's see if they land the uh, plane here with season two. It's, it hasn't been as good as season one, but nope. it's a slow build. So yeah. I'm sure that it's only going to get better from here. Uh, I, I haven't had nearly as exciting of a week as you. I mean, the highlight of my week <laughs> is kind of basically the full circle. I told you guys that I got a Costco membership for Christmas. Ooh. And I've just been kind of going there, you know, every week, making my run there. And I'm just realizing that it's a sad reality when you think about it when you're a kid, the best store ever, Toys R Us. You could go spend hours in a <laughs> Toys R Us and you still be having the time of your life. I'm realizing that the... Uh, comparison between Toys R Us and Costco in terms of when I was a kid to now when I'm an adult, they're very similar. You know, I get there, I walk every single aisle, even if I don't need a TV, I'm checking it out. I'm getting samples left and right. I just love this store. And 
I just can't believe that it didn't come into my life sooner. I, I've been going to Meyer. I've been going to freaking Wally World. Where was this when I was a kid? And I would have just loved this place probably the same amount as I would have loved Toys R Us way back then. And are you a big yeah, Costco goer? I mean, Jared was a little late to the game because, uh, uh, you know, before Costco, there was Sam's Club. And I'm a loyal Sam's Club member, and they're virtually <laughs> identical. But I do agree. It's kind of... It's kind of like a date when my wife and I are out and about and we get a chance to go check out Sam's Club and we do the same thing. We go down aisle after aisle and there's always usually some sort of treasure that we pick up. It's it's like the one thing I will complain about with the store is you don't know where the heck anything's at. You have to like when I, I said it kind of as a joke, I, I do walk every single aisle when I go there. But that's partially just because you have no idea where anything's at. There's no signs. <laughs> there's there's really no rhyme or reason to how the store is like laid out. Right. Well, that's part of our catch-up, Matt. I mean, you must have something to add to the conversation here. Oh, I'm just uh, reading up on this Hall of Fame stuff. I was letting you guys get your entertainment in. Uh, Sam's Club is cool. Yeah, we, we, uh, we're we Sam's Club people. Never really been to Costco. I know it's kind of like a rivalry. It's like Michigan-Michigan State. It's Costco versus Sam's. But, no, we, we love going to Sam's. It's always a, a fun trip when we make it. Well, you know, what, what do you guys make of the, I mean, the big news of the Hall of Fame is that basically Barry Bonds is, is not getting in. Are, are all three of us in the agreements that he should be in regardless of steroids or not? Oh, yeah. I, I you know, and you know, I'm the old timer that usually would be contrarian on stuff like that. But yeah, you, they played in the steroid area and era. It's not just Bonds. I mean, even though you both know I'm no huge A-Rod fan as a human being or broadcaster, but for goodness sakes, he has Hall of Fame numbers. He should be in. Bond should be in. Clemens should be in. Uh, you know, even Sosa, McGuire, and Schilling. I mean, all these people that played in the steroid area, the era, that's just that's how it was. And you can't tell me there's not already steroid users in the hall of fame i mean it's just a big snob club with the sports writers out there of america wielding power and can keep these guys out i mean come on look at the stats yeah i mean i I think the mlb hall of fame if there's like one thing in sports that gets me fired up it's people talking about the mlb hall of fame like i think it honestly i I don't like get mad about it but it's probably because barry bonds is my favorite baseball player ever very close is Miguel Cabrera, but Barry Bonds was my favorite player as a kid, you know, when it was like Griffey versus Bonds. I was 100% Bonds. He still is my favorite baseball player ever. And just to think about, like, I, he, you can make a legitimate case. I know, Ted, you're, the, you're an old school uh, mm-hmm. baseball guy. You can make a legitimate case that Barry Bonds is the best baseball player ever. You could. Like, if you really break down his, his uh, resume, his gold gloves, his batting titles, obviously the home run record, you know, the stolen bases, all that kind of stuff. You can make a case he's the best baseball player ever, and for him to not be in the Hall of Fame, it just makes the Hall of Fame to me, like, just look like a joke. Then the biggest thing to me, everything you said, but the biggest thing to me is it's mostly the writers that are voting um, on who gets into the Hall of Fame. And the writers are the ones who were loving the the Sosa and McGuire home run chase. When Barry Bonds is doing it, they're writing, you know, they're making a living off of these guys. When Clemens was having, you know, his Hall of Fame career, what should be a Hall of Fame career, the writers are making a living, making however much money, a ton of money off these guys while they're playing, not saying anything about the alleged, you know, PED use or anything. And then now when it's their, their chance to make it to the Hall of Fame, now these writers are like on their high horse and saying, uh, the the Hall of Fame, you know, we we can't have PED users in the Hall of Fame. It's just it it 
like rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. It, it bothers me. And then like seeing David Ortiz make it on the first ballot. He, he is a convicted PED user. He, he has positive tests and he makes it, you know, first ballot. It, it's just ultimately, I don't really like, it doesn't bother me that much, but clearly it kind of does. It's, it just, it, it makes a joke of the hall of fame to me. It really, I agree. It, it, just, it makes the Hall of Fame itself just a total joke. Your best player is is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Barry Bonds arguably had two Hall of Fame careers, one before steroids, one after steroids. Right. Was was he like, when you were a kid, Matt, was he, was it him and like Ken Griffey Jr. as sort of your favorite players? Or was Barry Bonds never really like that popular in that way? He was just the best player, sort of like Mike Trout, but didn't really garner everybody watching him. Honestly, it, it like the closest comparison, and Ted, you you probably definitely remember. Sure. It was definitely like Griffey versus Bonds. It was like Kobe versus LeBron. You know, like the through you know Kobe had is the kind of stuff that he went through that made a lot of people not like him. It was kind of like that. Like if you were people you know like me, big Kobe fans, some people would be like, ah oh, man, you're a Kobe fan. I don't know. You know, thinking about some of the stuff that he went through. Barry Bonds wasn't the nicest guy to the media. Everyone knows that. He's a little bit of a dick or whatever. But in Ken Griffey Jr. was like your, you know, the kid next door that everyone loved. And he wore his hat backwards. And he had that just like perfect baseball swing. So it was definitely like Bonds versus Griffey. And the people who liked Bonds, it was like, oh, you're one of those guys, huh? Barry Bonds to me was like one of the most complete players ever. But no, and, you, and you're I'm not getting into the Hall of Fame. It's it's a mess. It's a joke, and and you're exactly right. I mean, your era, growing up as a kid, collecting baseball cards. I mean, it was Griffey and Bonds, without a doubt. Me, when I was a kid, it was Mantle or Mays. Who was the better one, <laughs> Mantle or Mays? You know, it's just every era is different. But I, I, you know, I'm sour on this Hall of Fame thing. I mean, I'm not sour on the Baseball Hall of Fame itself. It's it's the most amazing. Uh, you know, emotional type of museum I have ever gone through in my life. I mean, I'm not kidding you guys. I made a, a trip, a pilgrimage out there and walked in the doors. And when, when you go in the doors of the Baseball Hall of Fame, they start you off in this little auditorium where they play this little film and it shows these kid, little kids playing baseball on the sandlot, right? I mean, I, I, I had tears flowing down my cheeks. I was so emotional that I'm, I'm actually at the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's how high up I hold it in reverence, you know, baseball in general and all the greats. And then to see what's happened between you know, the steroid era players that are getting snubbed. I mean, Pete Rose, you know, perhaps the greatest hitter of all time, at least greatest singles hitter of all time. And, you know, he made a bonehead move and gambled on uh, on baseball as a manager. That's all been proven, but it never happened when he was a player. Why is he not in as a player? I, I, I See, I, I don't know. I don't think Pete Rose should be. You're losing the entire credibility of the game by doing what he did. I, I don't look at that the same way that I do with steroids. It's just a little bit different in my eyes. And maybe I'm dumb for saying that, but uh, that's just the way I look at it. And, Ted, I love the whole soliloquy on, you know, how emotional it was going to the Hall of Fame and stuff. But guess what? Because Barry Bonds is not in, <laughs> in the Hall, that place is a complete – joke and charade uh-huh. so I, I i would love to i would have loved to have checked it check it out a long time ago you know from your whole uh description of it but it's just, it's 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 ruined now part but. of it too is i think ted you you like i kind of agree with both of you I, I do think betting on the game is maybe a little different than you know using peds but like the point you made ted 
it was when he was a manager. Like he's he would be in the Hall of Fame as a player. Right. So like he's not getting in the Hall of Fame as a manager. He's he's one of the best players ever. He wasn't. I mean, at least that we know he wasn't gambling on the game while he was a player. So that shouldn't really matter. But it's just some of the stats. Like like it's just the stuff that just doesn't make sense is like. So Barry Bonds has seven MVPs, and no other player has more than three. And so it's like, so while he's playing, you're going to admit that he's good enough to be MVP, but now that he has a chance to be in the Hall of Fame, now you're going to say, like, he's not, he's not like, eligible. You right, know? right. That, it's, stuff like, it's stuff like that that makes me, like, this, it just makes no sense. So, clear, like, yeah, this is something – whenever this comes up, every year around this time, this is what happens, and Barry Bonds doesn't get in. And it's just like it's it's so stupid. And uh, Jared, you made the good point. I mean, he was he was a, he would have been a Hall of Famer before the alleged steroid use even happened. He had already won like four MVPs or something. Right. Well, I'll tell you, listeners. One thing. Uh, go ahead. I got it. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I just got to throw this out there before we uh, advance. Uh, Matt, I saw that you had uh, baby photos done with Wesley uh, in the Michigan <laughs> football helmet. Classic. Uh, one, can you tell us about that? And two. The one thing uh, I, I think of when I see that photo is stuff that I've dealt with my whole life and I've had friends deal with is that photo will either be used when he's, you know, 17 years old to validate that he's always been a Michigan fan, you know, when they win that national championship we've been waiting for, or that's <laughs> going to be used to show that he is a bandwagon Ohio State fan. So you either just set him up to prove his fandom yeah. or basically uh, set up his uh, eventual downfall. No, that that's true because I have – Let's see, I was probably, I was like three or four, you know, those old, the, the like toy, it was like Hutch, you know, you got like the plastic helmet with the plastic shoulder pads, those like yep. kid Halloween costumes. I had a Michigan one. I, I wore that for like three Halloweens, but I had pictures taken in one when I was like three or four. And I've always gone back to that to be like, I ah, see, I've been a Michigan fan my whole life. So yeah, you, you know, you're bringing up a good point. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it'll be used for like blackmail, but you never know. If if we stayed down here in North Carolina and he's grown up with all Duke and North Carolina fans, then yeah, he might have to bring that up or something like that. But no, what happened was we went to a uh, we went to a studio to get some you know newborn pictures taken, and right at the front, one of their big displays. I mean, they had pictures all over, but one of the big ones, um, a former Carolina Panthers player came in and got pictures taken there, and he had his son in his Panthers helmet. And, like, so, like, right when I walk in, I saw that, and I was like, holy shit. I was like, I got a Michigan helmet. Can I run home and get my Michigan helmet? Can we do that? And, you know, they were like, yeah, sure, go ahead and get it. So, so yeah, <laughs> we, like, literally plopped him in the helmet, and uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was actually fun. It turned out good. That's an all-time photo, man. And uh, <laughs> young uh, young Wesley, he's a, he's a handsome young lad as well. I love his little spiky hair. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Things are going well with him. But, I mean, the the big hope and dream is what would really make it come full circle is if he, like, I mean, this is, you know, dad, dad fandom, dad, you know, excitement coming out. If he played for Michigan, get a picture of him, like, as a recruit with the Michigan stuff on and then be like, 18 years ago, you were sitting in a Michigan helmet. That's what would be cool. <laughs> Yeah, real awesome though. That's for sure. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk some NFL because there was a couple decent games, I would say, this last weekend. <laughs> but uh, uh, since we're talking about Michigan, before we wrap this segment, still radio silence on Jim Harbaugh. What in the hell is going on? Any idea? Honestly, any, I don't, any feel? Yeah, I don't. I don't. 
like, well, first of all, we all know Jim Harbaugh does whatever he wants when it comes to this stuff. So I don't, I don't think he's worried about what the Twitter world is saying or what the media is saying. He's, he's doing whatever the hell he wants to do. We know that he doesn't have an agent, so he doesn't have like an agent advising him on how to handle things. He's again, doing things how he wants. And the other thing is too, and I, I keep like, I'm talking to my friends about this and some other people, like he's still under contract that extension that he signed last year was for, I think, like five years or something. So he's still under contract. So I I feel like he literally sees it that way. He's probably think, th- thinking, like, why are people, like, so going crazy about this extension? I'm under contract. He's still out there recruiting. We're seeing all the pictures of him, you know, with recruits. They've hired a couple assistants. So he's still, like, working on his, you know, his staff at Michigan. So he's still working. It's not like he's, like, kicking it on the beach somewhere just like waiting for the Raiders to call him. I think he probably is waiting to see what happens with NFL jobs, but I don't know. I'm not as like worried about what he's going to do as some people are, but it's Harbaugh. He's going to do things the way he wants. I agree with what you're saying about he'll do what he wants and this and that, but your contract argument really doesn't resonate to me. I mean, that's how all coaches are. Nobody's leaving when they're, you know, when they're not under contract, do they? I mean, most all coaches that make a move, they end up having the university buy them out if they move on somewhere else. I don't think that's a huge issue. Now, I do agree. He's still working. He's still earning his money, hiring coaches and that stuff. But I don't think it has a lot of bearing on whether he goes or stays. Maybe. uh, Here's the way I look at it. And tell me if I'm wrong, but don't you guys think that if he was leaving to – to Oakland that he, he would have left. He's made that abundantly clear through social media saying if the job was offered, basically he would take it. They haven't even called him in for an interview yet. They haven't done this or that. Is this all like a, happening under the table or are they not even interested in hiring him? That's the way I look at it. Is I don't even think they're interested in hiring him. Yeah. I mean, that's the big question, yeah. Mark. I mean, we don't know, but like you said, Matt, right from the get-go, Harbaugh does what he wants to do. And uh, yep. you got to give him a little bit of credit for operating without an agent too. I mean, I don't think there's any major head coaches out there without agents, are there? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, but yeah, I mean, all the re- you you don't haven't seen any like legitimate reports, I guess, from teams calling him or you know going in for interviews for all these different jobs. It just it's all speculation. So that's kind of where I'm like, I don't I don't think there's really much to it. Maybe he is kind of touching base with some NFL teams or something, but he he's under contract working for Michigan. I think that's that's what he's doing. Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk NFL next. Maybe that's going to be Harbaugh's next stop. We're all hoping it's not. We hope he stays right there in Ann Arbor. But uh, (laughs) the NFL playoffs, very interesting. We'll be back to talk about that in just a moment right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, this segment again brought to you by our sponsors, which include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Home, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. All right, this is a loaded question. It's a two-parter. One, 
what a weekend in NFL football. I mean, do do we all come into agreement here that one, it was the best weekend of NFL football we've ever seen? I mean, four buzzer beater field uh, field goals slash touchdowns. Uh, on top of that, we had probably the best playoff game I've ever seen outside of the twenty eight to three. Uh, Atlanta Falcons versus New England Patriots Super Bowl. I mean, do we agree? It's the best best weekend and best game we've ever seen. It has I, to be up there. I mean, maybe a little prisoner of the moment to say, like, best ever because there probably were some other great weekends. But it's hard to argue because, like you said, every game came down to the last play. Even in the rams Bucks game was kind of looking like the Rams were going to pull a little bit of a blowout. But then, you know, Tom Brady happened and he made a comeback. And then Matt Stafford happened and, and won that game. But, uh, no, every single game was amazing. And the big thing, too, was uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys saw or I don't know if you saw, but it, it's crazy. As much as we love college football and we talk about college football a lot on this podcast, the ratings, the NFL games, I, I'm pretty sure it was the last uh, the, the Bills-Chiefs game rated two times as high as the national championship game. Wow. The national championship game, which should be the the peak of college football, the NFL game rated two times as high as that. So that that tells you everything you need to know. No doubt. And I, I think it's hard to argue the fact that this was the greatest weekend of NFL football. I mean, I can't even imagine anything could top it. You could probably have some debates on the greatest game. But the greatest weekend, I mean, how do you beat four games coming down to the final play of the game? The, the last game we had a chance to watch was that overtime thriller that could be perhaps the greatest game of all time. Yeah. And uh, do you think also, Matt, to your point about college football, is it just the NFL is so dominant or it's the stupidity of playing the national championship game on a Monday night? Probably all that and might be a little of uh, uh, SEC fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's, it's Alabama, Georgia again. Oh, cool. Whereas instead you got to see – Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, a, a, a crazy matchup. Matthew Stafford finally getting a chance to, you know, advance in the playoffs, you know, and all the other matchups. So I, I bet that's part of it too. Yeah, the game being on Monday night for the national title game, just we, we've said it, it doesn't make sense. But it, it was an amazing weekend of football, that's for sure. The way I look at it is, I don't know, I honestly, statistically, how can you argue that it wasn't the best weekend? One, with all the last second uh, wins. And then two, the game. Literally, I don't know if you could draw up a more dramatic like finish to a game. I mean, you think about everything that happened in those last two minutes. You have Josh Allen, fourth and 13, throwing a rocket um, for the touchdown. And then my favorite sequence of the entire thing it was like uh producer or director porn uh matt will know what i mean when i say that like where they show as soon as that happened they cut to josh allen on the sideline and he's like losing his mind like screaming like he's just so amped and then they cut right from there they cut to patrick mahomes on the other sideline and he's just like stoic like getting ready to go out for this two-minute drill uh so they go down and score uh, then from there, a minute left, Josh Allen scores again. And then uh, 13 seconds left. Everyone's making the joke like 13 seconds is too much for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, it just the, – the way everything played out in that game, it literally it like maximized two minutes, 25 points in two minutes. I mean, just that in itself is just nuts. Uh, where do you guys stand on the OT rules? I'm of the belief I don't, I don't think that – I don't think it's a bad rule. Listen, everyone's saying, oh, Josh Allen didn't get a chance. It's not fair. Football is a team sport. This isn't freaking bowling. He doesn't need a chance. Get one stop. Like, if anything, if I'm a Bills fan, they're probably all complaining about this stupid overtime rule. Look in the mirror. I mean, you have the number one scoring defense 
in the NFL, and they were literally helpless against Patrick Mahomes. And and Patrick Mahomes is damn good, don't get me wrong, but people literally act like he's like Superman. Like, no, literally all you need to do is maybe don't give Tyree Kill 30 yards of cushion when they just have to do 22 20 20-yard plays. Uh, on the first play of with the 13 seconds remaining, Tyreek Hill catches it, runs for 25 yards right off the rip. And then Travis Kelsey, he's literally calling out before the play, right before the snap, to Travis Kelsey to, like, basically he said, like, Kelsey, do it or something like that. And so I think the whole defense was alerted who this ball was going to, and it just didn't matter. I mean, the Bills' defense is the real loser uh, in that game. And then I do feel bad for Josh Allen, but guess what? I mean... It's a team sport, man, and unfortunately, your defense was just that bad where they literally had zero shot at stopping Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Zero shot. Yeah. Uh, and one other thing I got to tag on, to, uh, Ted, for some reason, it's bad that this was the very first thought I had when this happened. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, uh, the touchdown he scored with a minute left, the first thought I had was, one, your reaction, and two, <laughs> What would this guy have done if we had just dropped him in the 1960s? I mean, would he have ever been tackled? <laughs> I mean, he's a roadrunner. I mean, I, yeah, I've never seen anybody run like him, man. He's incredible. That, that touchdown, that touchdown that he scored, like right towards the end of regulation. I don't know if I've ever seen someone run that fast in my life. He caught the ball. There were like nine Bills defenders around him, and he just like took off. Side story on that. So like the Bills, the Bills score. And my dog during this whole time is like just staring at me, like like, hey, I gotta piss. You take me outside. Yeah, so I can't. I can't. I'm like, I can't leave this game. Josh Allen throws a touchdown, so I'm like, cool. I got like, I got like three minutes here to take my dog out. I go take him out, and I come back, and Tyree Kill's racing down the sidelines. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, what is nuts. happening right now? It was just, it was so insane. But no, to your point, Jared, I agree with you. I, would it be cool to just make the overtime just like a straight up eight minute quarter, 10 minute quarter, play it out? Yeah, but it's a team game and the Bills had the number one defense coming into that game. So, yeah, Josh Allen didn't get to, you know, have a chance in the overtime, but the Bills defense could have got a stop or could have at least held the Chiefs to a field goal. Yeah. And then the Bills would have got a chance. So, yeah, it would have been cool to see Josh Allen get a chance, but. The Bills didn't stop the Chiefs, so you know it, it's it's the rules that they're playing by. They improved it to what it used to be, where you could just win it on a coin toss and a field goal. Yeah, I give I give the NFL credit for at least changing it to that. But now that we've seen it, do you guys truly believe you would stay where it's at, or don't you think they ought to take another look at it just in the playoffs? Maybe not in regular season. Yeah, right. But in the playoffs where both teams at least get their hands on the ball once. I don't I, I don't want to see the college the college uh, format at all. I no. think like like maybe you tweeted it Matt, put 10 minutes on the clock and play it out, you yeah. know. And if it's still tied after that, then maybe go to something gimmick of some sort. But I think you got to let both offensive offenses touch the ball if you're in the playoffs and fighting for a Super Bowl berth. Yeah, it's not it's not a perfect system, but by any means, but we've seen it work both ways. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Patriots, same, basically the same exact game played out where they didn't yep. get a chance. Uh, so right. it, it kind of goes both ways. I, I do think that that's a good idea, like just 10 minutes. But you're basically saying that we're going to have two different playoff or uh, overtime rules, one for regular season, one for playoffs. It's just well, like, how many different though? rules can we have? Just play the game. And if you can't prove that you're the better team in 60 minutes plus whatever extra overtime you get, whether it's a perfect system or not, then you're not, you're maybe you just weren't the better team. Well, let me and jump I, on. I the... didn't feel like the better team. I felt like the better team won. I thought the Chiefs were the better team. 
Yeah, but let me just jump on with the masses. Don't you think? Wouldn't you have liked to see Josh Allen have a chance at the ball? And wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't wouldn't you find that to be better than just ending it on a coin toss and a touchdown? I don't know. I would have loved to see it. It would have been cool, especially with how both those offenses were rolling. It would have been fun to see Josh Allen get back out there and and run around and go crazy. But I think to me and apparently to Jared too, I think the biggest point is the Bills defense could have got a stop. And defense is a part of the game too. And it's not just a stop, could have just held them to a field goal and that would have given, you know, Josh Allen a chance. But either way, it was an amazing game. And I I don't know how you guys felt because the the Rams game was before that Bills-Chiefs game. I was a little – I'm curious how you guys felt seeing Matt Stafford win that game. I, w- I felt like it was the Lions. I felt like it was the Lions winning a playoff game, honestly. I was I don't know if you guys saw the, the video on social media that went viral, some Lions fan going absolutely berserk and right. his girlfriend or whatever was filming him. I wasn't going that crazy. I do like Matthew Stafford, but I wasn't going that crazy. But it did feel like I was, it was a Lions game and I was watching them win to the point where I was like, when the, when the Bills-Chiefs game came on, I was like, cool, I'm just going to sit back and watch this because Stafford already won. Mm-hmm. And that Bills Chiefs game ended up being an all timer. But the way that Stafford won that game was perfect. I saw a couple other analysts on ESPN say it. It would have been cool for them to blow out the Bucks and then win by three scores. But like for him, for Tom Brady to come back and then for Stafford to win it at the end of the game like that made it even more like validated Stafford's career. He didn't he didn't just like hand the ball off. It wasn't some crazy sixty yard field goal that won it. Stafford made the throws yep. that we've been seeing forever as Lions fans, and he's on to the NFC Championship game. It's awesome. Yeah, with no timeouts, too. Yep. Just, the ooh, way I viewed that ooh. game was basically it was a win-win. I love Brady, love Stafford. So whoever yeah. was going to win that game, uh, I was fine with. And what a game that was. I mean, it's getting swept under the rug. That game was incredible. It was yeah. – <laughs> that was like – if you you guys – I know you guys have watched some of the Man in the Arena episodes. That's like – that was like watching a real-life Man in the Arena episode <laughs> because you see – we it, it, he talks about it. Like every time they were, they're down in a big game, they'll cut to – they'll show the sideline shots of Brady and he's talking to the guys. And it's, just, it's no wonder how they always come back because I'm watching it on the couch and I'm inspired. You know, I'm thinking that I can rally the troops and come down from tw- 20 points down. It's it's crazy how he always does that. But, uh, no, if you – and and this was the very popular thing on social media right after was the comparison between Stafford when he was on, on the Lions doing the two-minute drill when they had a big completion. I don't remember what game it was. I think it was his rookie season, actually. The Cowboys. And, yeah, and he was basically yelling to the linemen to get up to the line. It was deja vu. And yep. if you didn't connect the dots when that was happening in real time uh, – during the Rams game, then you're just not a real Lions fan because yeah. it was shot for shot, like exactly what happened. Uh, and it was cool. And I'm glad to see him finally break through. Uh, like you said, the way he did it, it was Stafford won the game for them. Uh, and it wasn't like he was the one that lost the game for them in the first place. I mean, running backs are fumbling left and right. Balls are getting snapped over their head. Like he was playing a great game, you know, the whole, the whole way. And it just was nice to see him finally pull through. And now it's all just kind of a cherry on top. I mean, how sad is it, though, that the second he leaves the Lions, he gets two playoff wins in one year? I mean, <laughs> that's got to be in the back of your head somewhere, right? More well, more than the Lions have since 57, right? 57, Dad? right. That's I mean, it, just, it val- validates what we have been saying all through his career. I mean, he was a great quarterback that had played for a sorry organization, you know? I mean, it just it's just the facts are the facts, and it just cracks me up. 
some of these so-called experts that are in the media world that are still saying Matt Stafford doesn't deserve the accolades he's getting right now with two playoff wins this year on a whole different team with a whole different organization. Man, they need to they need to get a, a clue and eat crow once in a while and admit when they're wrong. I mean, come on. What more do you got to see? Yeah, just like you admitting you were wrong and Dan Campbell, right? That's, that's right. You can do that. Bite some kneecaps, Dan. Let's go. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's not saying that all of a sudden he, Matt Stafford is the GOAT. He's better than Tom Brady. It's right. just saying, hey, this is what we've been saying all along, that, yeah, there were a few years, two or three years, that the Lions had pretty good teams with Stafford, and, you know, he couldn't win a playoff game in Detroit. But it's like, this is what you see when he has a legitimate head coach in right. Sean McVay, talent around him, OBJ, Cooper Cup, you know, Sony Michelle. I mean, they're just, the Rams are loaded. And so this is what you see. They're going to the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I, I am curious because what, uh, he's lost twice to the 49ers during the regular season. Yep. They're, yep. they're playing the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. So it's like, can the Niners beat them three times in a row? You know, that that rarely happens. Garoppolo's playing pretty well. The Niners' defense is for real. But the guy that we we were talking about last week, Joe Burrow, do we think Joe Burrow's going to beat Pat Mahomes or what? Wow. I don't I don't think he will. I mean, yeah. what a miraculous gutsy performance that really was. How many times did he get sacked? He got sacked like 12 times. God, Nine. he was on his back. <laughs> I do, as, like, uh, I don't really pull this card much, but as a former quarterback, like, it, it, it does rattle you. When you get sacked, especially when you get are getting punished, uh, you you're at least my eyes. I'm, I'm obviously not Joe Burrow. My eyes immediately would drop like right to the line of scrimmage if I got sacked a few times, like for the rest of the game. He's not like that at all. It's it's crazy how you know Ted. I think it was you that tweeted something like, "Man, it just shows how far away the Lions are from a right. super, like legitimately contending for a Super Bowl when you see how hard it is." But then again, it's like, man, if we just drafted Joe Burrow, we're two years out. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they don't grow on trees, but what more can you say about that guy? I mean, he's so cool. Like, this is the definition of, like, a cool person who everybody is rooting for, who the guys love, the girls love him just even more. Like, just kind of the perfect football player, perfect quarterback. I it just I'm, – I'm so glad that he's been healthy this whole year and we really got to see what he can do. And let's just hope that he stays healthy, you know, knock on wood for the rest of his career because he's just fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, he truly, uh, you know, and he has the same first name. He truly reminds me of Joe Montana. I mean, no question about it. And he should I probably. Say, I thought you were going to say Joe Namath. But... Yeah, that's <laughs> no, where I was. I won't, go back, I, that I won't go back that far. And Namath only won one Super Bowl, but uh, he was pretty pretty special in his time too. But really, he he's he's just really cool, calm, and collected under pressure. Nothing bothers him, and uh, you know, like he's got the whole package. I mean, he's mm-hmm. gonna be a he's gonna be a superstar for the next ten years. I think I said that the last last podcast we did can can we talk about uh aaron Rodgers? i mean where where do you guys stand on them on him i think it's a little bit unfair all the backlash he's getting uh all because of i don't know about where you guys stand on this we can't 100 percent uh separate like you know and it's not even necessarily politics i mean it's just the fact that he lied about being vaccinated um but i just have always been kind of like let's keep the politics separated from the sports like just let me watch my sports and you know, we don't, we sh- the MVP voting shouldn't take into effect like what your vaccination status is. And I think he's been a little bit overboard with claiming how much people have like quote unquote silenced him and all that sort of thing. But in terms of what happened actually on the field, 
it's 100% on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what the hell was that? 10 points at home. <laughs> you know, he's got all the toys. He's got Aaron, Aaron Jones, uh, Devontae Adams. He's got all the playmakers he needs. Yet, in an MVP season at home in Green Bay, playoff football, he puts up 10 points. And, yeah, the special teams weren't good, this or that. You have a million excuses. Man, flat out, if you score uh, 14 points, you win the game. If you score two touchdowns, you win the game. 100% has to come down to Aaron Rodgers. Like, what is the deal with this guy? Is it just the playoffs, like, rattle him? Or is like is it just simple to say that he just had a bad game? I mean, the the track record kind of shows, and I'm I'm not necessarily an Aaron Rodgers fan, but I, I like watching the guy play because he's incredible to watch play. Yeah, but he does crumble a lot in the playoffs, and it's kind of crazy because of how good he is in the regular season sense. to see him go to the playoffs. Yeah, the weather I saw, you know, the weather was bad, but. I don't know. He's had great games in bad weather, too, so I don't really put much into that. I think he just had a bad game. He didn't have that great a game for sure, but come on, you can't shortchange the special teams factor in that particular game. I mean, it was a direct factor well, for yeah, them losing. Because they couldn't score more than 10 points. They couldn't well, put yeah. points on the board. If they had no. just put a, one more score on the board, the, the punt doesn't even matter. That, yeah. That's fair, too, but I mean, give some credit to the 49ers defense. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just a matter of Rodgers choking but he obviously didn't play his best game. He didn't play an MVP performance type of game. I'll, I'll it's say just that. weird going from that game where, yeah, the 49ers have a good defense, but the Bills, statistically at least, have the best defense in the NFL, and Patrick yep. Mahomes was literally toying with them. Right. So is Patrick <laughs> Mahomes true. just that much better than Aaron Rodgers? Or it's just I, His whole season was been a season from hell, really from the jump street. I think first game they lost by like 35 points. Right. <laughs> Ever since then, this season has just been – been hell yeah they've had some wins but with any Aaron Rodgers team you're gonna have wins and I, I don't know if I'm a Green Bay Packers fan I'm shipping this guy out I mean I was shipping him out before the season even started I'm doubling down now I mean he's he doesn't even get you to the Super Bowl he just gets you a nice little regular season accolades and then you're gonna lose plus all the drama he brings to the franchise yeah. like just get him out trade him for whatever you can get him for yeah I wonder if it's almost like the Stafford with the Lions situation like both sides just need to move on you know Rodgers needs to move on and finish, you know, the last two or three years of his career somewhere else. Packers need to just move on. But the thing is, it's kind of what you're saying. Right now, all they have is Jordan Love <laughs> as the guy who would step in. And it's like, would you rather move on to Jordan Love or give Aaron Rodgers another chance, even with all the drama, even with everything? He's winning MVPs. He was MVP last year. He's probably going to win MVP this year. So would you would you trade all the drama and all the BS to at least have a shot with Aaron Rodgers? You know, I don't know. And it's crazy, like, you know, you were kind of saying it. So for 30 years, the Packers had Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. Arguably two two of the best yeah. quarterbacks ever. Only, I'm not saying only because I'm a Lions fan and we only have one playoff win in my lifetime. <laughs> only two Super Bowls with those two quarterbacks. Like, do you guys, like, look at that and say, like, it's a failure? You had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and you only won two Super Bowls? Or do you look at it as, like, Every year you were a contender. With Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, you're at least a contender. In two years, you won the Super Bowl. That's the way I look at it. Like, I don't look yeah. at it as a failure. Sure, maybe yeah. a little disappointing, but you got two Super Bowls. No, you, you can't look at it as a failure. I mean, I would trade an entire lifetime for one Super Bowl. So, right. you win two in 30 years, that's, that's a pretty good clip, considering it's like only a handful of franchises really win these. Steelers, uh, Packers have two. Uh, Tom Brady, wherever though he's at, he's won a third of them since uh, since Brett Favre's been in the league. It's it's nuts. 
Uh, so no, I, I think it's it's a successful franchise. You look back on it with fond memories, a lot of great memories. I mean, he won the freaking division every single year. It felt like right. uh, beat his rivals every single year. So no, you can't look back on this whole tenure uh, sourly if you're a Packers fan or if you're a fan on the outside looking in. Brett Favre was good, but it wasn't like Brett Favre was, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady or anything. Like he was a gunslinger. He was more like mythical than it was that he was like lighting it up on the field week after week. So. I, I don't know. I, I think it was just overall, you win two Super Bowls. I don't care if it takes 100 years. I mean, us as Lion fans know that. If it takes 100 years to win two Super Bowls, it's still a success. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's it's rare, but all three of us totally agree. Definitely not a failure. And uh, I, I, got a, I got a couple questions. The first question is re- in regards to Favre and Rodgers. Who do you put above the other one? Personally, I'd put Rodgers above Favre. Yeah. Just of like and I lean to Favre yeah. more myself. Yeah. I just like I like the way he played, you know. Yeah, Favre was a, is a legend. Uh, in terms of like, if you just boil it down to who is the better football player, I think you go with Rodgers. But yeah. if I'm a Packers fan, I bet you majority of Packers fans probably loved Favre a lot more than they did Rodgers, mm-hmm. uh, just because he was sort of legendary in how he played. Like he was a Matt Stafford sort of gunslinger, uh, <laughs> and it definitely provided some entertaining moments. Uh, one thing I got to throw out there before we wrap this up. Uh, Sad day. Uh, all signs are pointing to uh, Tom Brady's played his last football game. Mm. Um, you guys that literally watched his career from start to finish. I watched it, you know, last whole last 16 years or so. I mean, my favorite player ever, really, uh, without a doubt. I, how do you not say that? I mean, he did it perfectly on the field, off the field. Guy was, just did it by the book. And it all signs are leading toward him, you know, going on with his family and the whole family life. Every interview he's given, his podcast, he's basically saying how, you know, this decision is going to weigh heavily, you know, in his family matters and with his wife. And I, I just really think he's done. And if he is done, how about the fact that Stafford is the one that took him out? I mean, it, it, who would have, if I would have told you, if I would have told you five years ago that Tom Brady's last game, Matt Stafford is going to be the quarterback that knocked him out. Uh, I mean, you would have thought that the Lions were poised for a Super Bowl run. So uh, just kind of weird fact when you think about it that way, that Matt Stafford's the one that put him in the grave. It does feel like it feels like he's stepping away. I mean, who knows? Maybe if he takes a vacation for a week or two, that itch will come back. But he's it's he's got to be getting to the point. As competitive as he is, do you really want to put the work in to be yeah. an elite quarterback? Do you really want off-season work, film study, everything that goes into being the level of quarterback that he wants to be, you know, with his kids getting older and all right. that stuff. Like, do you really want to do that? I think that's what it's coming down to. Cause yeah. like, even it's, it's not the same level, but Ben Roethlisberger would talk about it all the time too. Like every year when he was going back and forth, it was like, do I really want to put myself through all that? So it does seem like he's probably done. And it's just crazy to think, you know, Rogers is on his way out. Roethlisberger is retiring. If Brady retires, we're truly looking at, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Stafford's still going to be around for a while. Like, it's it's crazy. Drew Brees retired last year. It's crazy to think about those old guys going away. But yeah, it feels like Brady might be done. I think so too. And you know, final comment from from me on this segment. Anyway, uh, had a discussion with my son-in-law when I was out in D.C. He, he's an Indiana guy, so he's a big Peyton Manning guy, and we were debating. Well, he was trying to debate me. We were talking about uh, Brady or Manning. I said, listen, dude, it is, <laughs> it's, it's Brady all the way as the GOAT. No question at all. Don't even talk to me about Peyton Manning. Yeah, he was great, but the GOAT is Tom Brady's. And then he said, well, is that because uh, you're a Michigan guy? Absolutely not. Seven Super Bowls, 10 appearances. 
I mean, it's just unreal what he has done. And I think both you guys agree. Brady's got to be the greatest of all time. 100%. 100% can't argue it at all. It's literally the one sport where I would say there's no argument to be made for anyone other than one guy. Um, I'll I'll throw this out, Matt. I have a bit of a different take in terms of like what's kind of causing him to retire, I guess. I think it's, I think he loves the preparation and he loves doing all that. He just loves his family uh, more. And, and, and if he could perfectly do them both, like, I bet you he would. Like, if, if, yeah. if there was unlimited time in the day, he probably would keep playing for another five years. Uh, but I just think it's to the point where his kids are growing up and it's kind of like make or break it time in terms of being a father. And I think he's just kind of having to – he's at that crossroads right now. In the last three or four years, he's made the decision to keep playing, and I think that this is the one year that he, the family is going to win. Yeah, no, that, that, I think that's fair. And – I, I don't know. I was watch, watching the Bucks game. There was a play. He he like took a hit. He threw he threw the ball and took a hit and like a pretty big hit. I think it was Aaron Donald. Yep. Got him pretty good. Went to the ground and I I was thinking in my head that might be the hit that makes him go. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore. Like this I'm this hurts. You know. Like I want to play with my kids and stuff like that. So yeah, it'll be I'll be curious to see what he does. So let's throw some predictions out. Okay. I I think. I'm rolling with my guy Stafford. Niners are good. They're playing well. I, I, I got to see Stafford get to the Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be Rams. I would love to pick Joe Burrow and the Bengals to pull the upset. I just, the Chiefs are playing so well right now. Um, yeah. And it's, it's in Kansas City, obviously. So I know it's chalk. It's kind of boring. But yeah, I think it's going to be Rams, Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, except I'm, I got to go. I mean, I think we're all in agreement where Chiefs are basically pencil them or, or put them in Sharpie already in the Super Bowl. Uh, unless Joe Burrow somehow, that would be the like maybe the greatest upset of all time. Yeah. <laughs> if Joe Burrow somehow found a way to win that game, but uh, no. And everything in my brain is telling me to pick the Rams. But when when you have like a perfect quote unquote perfect Super Bowl matchup that a lot of people predicted before the season, you know, Chiefs versus Rams, usually there it gets messed up somewhere along yeah. the way. And I don't think it's going to be the Bengals and the 49ers. I, I didn't think they had any shot in hell going into Lambeau. But something about that team, man, they're just supremely confident. Everyone wants to throw stones at Jimmy Garoppolo, but the team seems to believe in him. And that's maybe the most important thing more than uh, being able to make every throw is if, hey, do your teammates believe in you? And they seem to. Debo Samuel, I mean, he's Tyree Kill, basically just in a 49ers jersey, does everything for them. It's crazy. Uh, and then they have one hell of a pass rush in a defense and arguably the best coach. So I, I, I'm leaning toward 49ers. You know, everything in my brain is telling me to pick the Rams, but they just are, they find a way to win it every week. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's 49ers versus Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going in my heart. I'm going with Matthew, the uh, the Rams against the Chiefs. And uh, the, the key factor is the guy that probably should be the MVP in the NFL, and that's Cooper Cup. I mean, never I don't think he gets enough enough pub on the season that he's had the triple crown receiving yeah. yeah Stafford's throwing him the ball this guy has had one of the most amazing receiving seasons I've ever seen I mean do you guys think before we wrap this up you think it's uh it's cheating to wear those rubberized gloves I mean it's like no. the ball just sticks to the hands in the old days you never had that well you had yeah, stick them in the old days well the stick them was yeah. a whole different story that, that was that weird was that players ever wore that uh, no, that was ridiculous some of those gloves I mean I you pulled the you pulled the quarterback card, Jared. I'll, I'll pull the receiver card. At least when I played, they weren't what to the level that they are now by any means. No, those gloves like the ball would literally stick to your hand. So you, then you take you've got hands like 
OBJ, <laughs> and then you put those gloves on there. No wonder he can just like catch the ball like that sometimes. But uh, Cooper Cup, I mean, he just again, it, it's like oh. when I watch him, it makes me think like, man, if I had a little more speed, <laughs> and I could have done this. Because he was in, like, I saw a picture coming out of high school. He was a zero-star recruit. Right. Not yeah. being recruited by anyone. And now he's the best receiver in the NFL. But. Well, did you guys read his backstory about his wife basically put him through yeah. school and supported him all the way? And now, you know, he's making the big bucks. And, and I know, Matt, he's got to be one of your favorite players in the NFL without a uh, doubt, right? Yeah. Gritty, gritty gym rat receivers like that. <laughs> uh, give me, I'll buy his jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just got to throw this out there. We're all thinking about it. Um, if Stafford does blow this game, I mean, would you be shocked? I mean, Stafford going to Stafford, as people would say. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. That last Sunday when the break, when Bucks were making a comeback, I was texting a buddy, and I was like, this is about when Stafford's going to throw a pick six. If he's going to yeah. do it, he's going to throw a pick six. And everyone, all those people Ted's talking about, those haters, are all going to say, see? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do it, though. See, I don't think so. I, I don't think he will. I think he's going to come up big against the 49ers. Personally. The thing that's sad is unless he wins the Super Bowl is all the Stafford haters. Like you guys think you had like your celebration, Matt, like with this win this last week. Believe me, they are just waiting for him to oh, yeah. to ha- do something stupid in the next couple games. And oh, if yeah. he does, everything that you think he earned these last couple weeks will be will be for nothing. <laughs> yep. But at least he has two playoff wins right now. It's in the pot. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. Good segment there. We're going to talk a little bit of college basketball next right here on Three Point Podcast right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Yeah, what an amazing NFL weekend of football, but uh, it's also college basketball season, guys, and big Michigan-Michigan State game coming up on Saturday. In fact, we're recording this on Tuesday night. The Spartans, as we are recording, getting set to take on number 24, Illinois. Spartans number 10 right now. But uh, college hoop season, it's, I'm just now inching into it, to be frank with you. I'm still in football mode, just winding that down. I, don't know, I, th- I think we talked about it a week or two ago, or and maybe it was me that brought it up, that it was kind of – after that football season that Michigan had, and then, you know, obviously we're all dialed into the NFL. This year, for some reason, was kind of hard for me to really get into college hoops. I admit probably part of it was Michigan's basketball team kind of like stumbling for the first couple months of the season, not really playing that great. That If they were like number two in the country, then that would probably be a lot different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like you said, Ted, now it is starting to feel like, especially with Michigan, Michigan State playing this weekend, Michigan's starting to play a little better. They want, they've won their last couple games. We're inching towards towards March. Yeah, it, it's starting to feel like college basketball season. But, yeah, for some reason, I don't know, it was it was tough for me to really get into it so far. It, I, I don't know. You know, people complain about it every year about, I don't know who any of these guys are. You know, Champions Classic, I don't even know who these teams or players are. They're new every year, freshmen. This is the first year I really do feel like that, where I really don't know the majority of who these guys are. <laughs> 
And and that's like Michigan and like Michigan included. A lot of these guys are kind of freshmen. So I think it just took us a while to sort of understand what this team's all about. It took them a while to understand uh, who they are and find their footing. And I think we're finally starting to see that right as we're all kind of rounding into college basketball season, which I'm loving. I mean, it's the perfect time. We have Michigan, Michigan State on Saturday. Uh, AFC, NFC championship games on Sunday, a couple weeks off of NFL before the Super Bowl kicks off. And depending on what happens in this game, we're either going to be propelled to a nice two weeks of Michigan basketball talk on this show, or we're just going to be depressed. And I hate to say it, I'm leaning toward depressed because Michigan State's looking damn good right now. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, what, what were we talking about before the season started? Michigan State was unranked, and it was the whole disrespect card to Tom Izzo and, and the Spartans that, that, you know, we always hear about. But, you know, the, the Michigan State team did have a lot of questions coming into this season. They did lose a lot of guys. They did obviously also have a lot of talent coming back. But like we said, it's Tom Izzo, and it is a talented team. So we knew that they would be around. Did we think they were going to be playing this good? You know, maybe not, but yeah, they're playing great. And uh, like you said, Ted, they're as we're recording this, they're playing Illinois, so that'll it's a big test for the Spartans. And then you know they'll play Michigan this weekend. So uh, yeah, the Big Ten. I, I think right now, though, maybe would you guys say Michigan State's the favorite in the Big Ten right now because just because of the way they're playing? I would I would say so. Now you know they're playing Illinois. Depends on the game tonight if Illinois gets a little momentum. But I think it's between those two. Uh, maybe maybe Purdue will bounce back. I don't know. But uh, uh, yeah, Michigan State's playing real well, and it's no surprise. And you know I'm the Izzo guy of the podcast. I mean this is a <laughs> this is a total typical Tom Izzo coaching performance. You know you got these players. You're not sure what's going to happen, and all of a sudden he coaches them up. They struggle a little bit early on in the season, but they're playing great basketball right now. And uh, you know back to college basketball just for a second. I mean you know it it just sets up so perfectly the seasons now. You know with the Super Bowl being mid February. I mean, we're watching college basketball somewhat casually up to this point, but now we got six solid weeks before March Madness, six or seven, whatever it is, February and, you know, the early part of March. I mean, it just, it sets up for all us, all us sports lovers. This is just perfect. And then after that, you know, you got the Masters and baseball starting, the cycle just recontinues. It's just crazy. I love it. <laughs> do you... Do you guys, this is a broad question, but when you guys were younger or even let's say 10, 15 years ago, do you remember the sort of lull into the college basketball season? Because it feels like we've been doing that for like the last five years. But I remember when I was younger, I remember watching the Champions Classic, you know, maybe 2013, 2014, Julius Randle, Michigan State, like bated breath. Like whoever won that game, like I swear I thought it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> and just going from there, like the rest of the season, like I used to follow it like from start to finish, you know, very, very close. And it's just like maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just because I'm an adult now and I'm more busy or, or whatnot. But it's just I don't feel that way whatsoever anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's probably part of it. You know, you've, you've got your, your job and girlfriend and, you know, you're a little busier now than when you were. 12 years old and all you had to do was watch basketball or whatever. But honestly, I, you know, you, you started this off with the whole, how, how people do complain about rosters and everything. I do think that might be part of it. You know, people, the, the one and done is so big nowadays, mm-hmm. even the transfer portal, like you don't even know going into the season sometimes who's on your team and maybe, maybe people, it's a little harder to get like locked in on your team or something, you know, I, I think there's something to that, but I just, I just wonder if sometimes, yes, some of those early, the Champions Classic, some of those early uh, 
tournaments, you know, over weekends are pretty cool to watch. I think starting the season so early for college basketball in the heart of college football, the heart of the NFL, I think they, in my opinion, if they pushed it back even like three or four weeks, you know, a month, month and a half, it would maybe have some more eyes on those, those early tournaments. Because unless you're like a college basketball junkie, you're not really starting to watch maybe until like the turn of the calendar. That's when you really start to watch college basketball. But, you know, like you said, Ted, now is when you really start gearing in and come March, we're all in. Absolutely. It's just, you know, and back to Jared's point, there's a lot of uh, lot of truth to the fact that when you're a kid, I mean, that's all you're doing, you know, you're thinking, living, breathing sports, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I could pretty much recite every uh, batting average of the top 10 in both American and National League. I mean, you know, collecting baseball cards and just deep into statistics before social media, you know, and uh, it still is relatively the same, but I mean, it's, you got social media, you got fantasy football that's taken over. Uh, there's just so many, so many more well, distractions that, nowadays. That, yeah. That I was going to say, let's, uh, let's play get off my lawn for a second and <laughs> bash, bash social media. Do you think that does kind of play a part and what all the yeah. distractions now, there's all these streaming services. We're talking about all these shows that we watch. And, Ted, you're getting into all these new shows that Jared's turning you on to. we got social media to worry about. Obviously, all the other sports and stuff. Like, do you, you almost think, like, there's almost, like, too much stuff going on that, and, like, you know, Michigan football was playing well this year, so that was kind of our focus in the fall. Not really, you know, a, a pointless tournament in mid-November for college basketball. You know, like, I maybe – you know, as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, maybe that that's part of it. There's just – nowadays there's just too much stuff going on. I get I get that, but I don't understand – if that was the case, you know, where all these distractions are out there, why is college football not taking a hit? Why, you know, is NFL football not taking a hit? And, and maybe it is just because football is a better sport, but it's just – I think it really just comes down to how they've laid out this college basketball season like you said Matt push it back a month mm -hmm. uh if you push it back a month man think about we're just the season's basically just getting under just getting started right about now it'd be just about perfect timing uh and, and it's just the fact that the the star power just isn't there like it used to be and there's a lot of players are not going to the G League a lot of players are going overseas some players just flat out skipping college uh and the majority of them even if they do go to college they're there for one year and now that the NIL is there now a lot of these guys aren't even going to like the big powerhouse schools. So we just like never watch them. Like the best player, uh, Imani Bates, who I went to go see a game live in high school. I kid you not, probably 20,000 people at this little high school gym. You had to basically break in to even get into the, uh, to the gym. I, I haven't heard a word about this guy since he went to college. Yeah. He's not playing that great, but it's just like, what happens to these guys? We just forget about them. I, I don't know. College football is, or college basketball, excuse me, is just flawed. And I really don't know how they fix it, I, other than maybe pushing the schedule back and just hoping that maybe this whole NIL and one year and done deal will will end. But it's just it's just not a good look for college basketball right now. It, there's not a lot to to really hang your hat on as what is getting me getting me excited for this season, other than a couple days in March. No, I, I think you're onto something with the whole NIL. We'll we'll see how that really plays out. But right when when you were talking about it before you brought him up. I was thinking Imani Bates because especially, you know, being, being from Michigan, that was all the talk. Everyone like Imani Bates, what was he going to do? Was he going to be the next Kevin Durant in college basketball? And yeah, unless you like truly pay attention to college basketball, you really haven't heard a whole lot about him except that he's been a disappointment. So, so yeah, I think there's an issue there. And I think too, 
I mean, we love March Madness. It's one of the best events in all of sports. But it's like there's so many teams make the tournament that even though, like, even if you like the Champions Classic, some of those early games, like, almost literally, it doesn't matter if you lose those games. Like, I mean, some of those, that first month of the season, you could lose three, four, five games. And ultimately, like, as long as you do well in your conference, you're going to be fine and make the tournament. So I think that that's part of the problem, too. That's just how, I don't know, that's how the scheduling works out. But, you know, it, it's still a great sport. But, I mean, I, th- I think you kind of said it. Football is definitely king. College football in the NFL in this country, I, I think that, that's a big part of it, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess what that's my is – is it's funny because, like, even with Michigan this season – they win one good game. You know, they have a quality win against Indiana, and maybe they have one other or two other wins like that throughout the course of the Big Ten season, and they're in the tournament. Like, it's just yeah. it's a joke. It's like basically go 500 in a Power 5 conference, and you're probably going to make the tournament. Uh, you know, I don't hate it. We don't want to change the tournament. We love that about it, but it just kind of makes the regular season mean a little less. Uh, to bring it full circle back to this Michigan team, I mean – the guy that I circle and is my, you know, target number one, two, and three is Hunter Dickinson. I mean, the team goes as he goes. He's he's had a little bit more life to him the last couple of weeks now that they seem to kind of be on the right track. Uh, but, man, I, I love watching him. And if this team really wants to make a run in March or have any sort of chance of winning the Big Ten, whether it's a tournament or the actual Big Ten regular season, he's going to have to be going off every night, you know, 25 and 10. I really think that that's what they need from him. Uh, because outside of him, they really don't have much on offensive end. I mean, maybe Caleb Houston is going to be able to keep this hot shooting going, uh, but without Dickinson kind of controlling the middle on both offensive and defensive sides of the floor, this team just isn't much. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, he's, you know, all-American all potential anyway, you know, if he's playing at, at the at the best of his abilities. So, yeah, they, they need to go through him. And, yeah, otherwise it, it is – I'm not going to say it's all role players. I'm not trying to, like, take a shot. But, you know, Eli Brooks and even Devontae Jones, you know, the point guard that came in. But, right, if Houston can keep shooting, they definitely have potential. And we know how it goes in college basketball. You only have to really, like, get hot for a weekend. Like, we've seen a number of Michigan teams – not not be the best going into the Big Ten tournament, and then they get hot and they win a bunch of games. And next thing you know, they're rolling going into the Mar- into March Madness. So, you know, if if they can just figure some stuff out, I I think they can give Michigan State a lot of trouble because they do have guys like Hunter Dickinson and Houston and Eli Brooks is a great leader. So that Michigan State game, I, I I'll be very curious to see the Michigan Michigan State game to see like kind of who takes that next step or whatever. Well, by the way, that's a 12:30 tip on Saturday, and uh, you know, a good spot to watch it is at one of our sponsors, Rivals Tap House and Grill. And in fact, we'll have a little social media contest uh, to give away some uh, gift certificates from uh, Rivals. That's on the plan, still, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, yeah, we've we've done it a few times and had I don't know a bunch of participation. We usually just post something simple on Facebook and say, you know, hey, comment on this post, and we'll pick uh, a couple random winners, yeah. and we'll give you bunch of money to rivals so it's really easy we always say it's free and easy just comment and have a chance to win dinner and drinks on us and rivals love it yeah this stays within the three of us because we don't obviously want fans like joey to know uh joey james (laughs) partner through our podcast to know how we really feel about this game uh but would you say all three of us are kind of feeling like it's a michigan state michigan state's game to lose oh i I think michigan state for sure yeah it seems like michigan's kind of 
kind of with what you said, they've lost a bunch of games, and if they just win a couple, they'll be looking good. I, th- I think Michigan's almost like playing with house money type of thing. No one's expecting them to beat Michigan State with how the Spartans are playing right now. So, yeah, Michigan can go in free, feeling good, just, you know, whatever, go out there and play. But, you know, Izzo's going to have his guys ready. Yeah. yeah. You know, in Michigan, you know, watching what how they played against Indiana, now let's let's put it on the table here. Indiana coming off a huge win over Purdue. So emotionally, they probably weren't into it as much as Michigan. But watching that game, and I did have a chance to watch that entire game, um, they look pretty good. It looks like now that they're healthy, and like Jared mentioned, Dickinson's on a bit of a roll right now, and if they keep that mindset, and, you know, they're going seven or eight deep, and like you said, Matt, some are role players, but they're pretty good players. They, If they could pick up a win at home against Northwestern on uh, Wednesday night, you know, they'll have some momentum going to that game. Uh, it's at Breslin, though. That's going to be tough for sure, and uh, we'll just see what tonight's game against Illinois you know, does to the Spartans, but you got to favor Michigan State in that game. Michigan, it wouldn't shock me if they came up with a win, but yeah, like you said, they're playing with house money. And then the whole the whole situation is, if they lose to Michigan State, that's going to be eight losses, and they'll be what? Mm-hmm. If they beat Northwestern, they'll be what? Ten and eight. They still got yep, their yeah. hand, they still got their hands full to even make it to the tournament. You know, they they got to get some key wins. Yeah, in in that scenario, Michigan would basically need to make a little bit of a run in the Big Ten tournament, you know, win, right. win a couple games there. But, yeah, it's a fun time of year, that's for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, any, any other comments in college basketball? What do we, do we have a prediction? Do we all say that we're going, if we had to put money on it, we would pick the Spartans to win Saturday? Yeah, I, that's where I'm leaning. And I, I got a bad feeling. I, I just think Gabe Brown is going to have a very hot shooting night, like four or five threes, a couple backbreakers at the, in the end of the, near the end of the game. That's who I'm circling as kind of the game changer. Gabe Brown, remember that. Okay. Yeah, if, we, if we're talking betting, I, I feel like I would have to put money on Michigan State just because of how teams have been playing. But, right, if uh, Michigan State stumbles a little against Illinois, if Michigan gets a big win against Northwestern, you know, that momentum is big in college basketball. But Breslin, Breslin's going to be rocking. You know the A-zone is going to be uh, top-notch Saturday. So absolutely should be good. One final comment or question, I guess, for the young buck there. You were uh, earlier on, I don't know, two or three podcasts ago, you were questioning Juwan Howard. Are you still questioning him? <laughs> or, uh, I mean, where, where do you I stand? I how it's like a one win against, the, against Indiana in the Big Ten where basically you're going to lose games. Uh, and you're basically crowning this guy. No, I mean, no, I'm asking. Listen, I didn't Wilson, crown him. I, I asked you a question. <laughs> I didn't even comment. The way you worded it was that was <laughs> what you were insinuating. Uh, but no, I, I, I mean, how do you not still question him? Like you, you were just laying out. I mean, it's very likely that we lose Michigan State. We're we're at, sitting at ten and nine midway through his second year. We've lost a lot of the talent that he inherited from Beeline. Yeah, he's a great recruiter. But I mean, he's still a young coach. And and I'm not saying Juwan's a bad coach, but I just felt like. And I was a part of it, too. We were quick to, you know, crown him as basically the best coach that we've ever seen in our entire life. And he's still a good coach, but I just think we were maybe a little bit overboard with that. I mean, I, I think we're seeing learning, the learning curve or whatever, you know, he's he's figuring out some stuff. I think one thing is the in-game adjustments, uh, rotations, you know, stuff like that, like the actual in-game coaching that he is probably like working the kinks out or whatever. This roster, too, I mean, they were – they did bring some guys back like Eli Brooks, Dickinson, and Brandon Johns, but, you know, they, they are playing a ton of freshmen. 
and, you know, a transfer point guard. So, you know, the roster there probably was, and then they got hit with COVID. Right. They had a bunch of guys out. So they, they have, I'm not making excuses for them because that happened to a lot of teams. Uh, but, you know, it, it has kind of been a weird year. Maybe now, like you said, Ted, they're finally getting healthy, figuring out some rotations, maybe figuring out how to play Dickinson. Um, maybe maybe they're figuring something out. I don't I don't think Juwan is John Wooden yet, but I'm not going to say like he's a complete bust. I guess I guess we'll 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 see how it all plays out. Yeah, well, I'm I'm exactly the same way. I mean, you know, I just I was just hinting to the fact that Jared was all against him just you know four weeks ago <laughs> or whatever it was. I mean, but wait wait, Ted. Yeah. Ted, what what about your what about your Dan Campbell? You were ready to fire yeah. him. Yeah, but and now least... now you're back. You you you're back on board with Campbell. <laughs> I, but I step right up and admit it. I, that's exactly right. I was I was wrong. I think the guy he'll be all right. I I was wrong for wanting him fired just for that one game. I was I got caught up in the emotion of that game. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say I got caught up in the emotion. I, no, I think what we did was we all got a little too caught up in the emotion okay. of what a magical season it was last year until. Uh, a couple coaching blunders against UCLA kind of brought us a little bit back to earth where, yes, he's a good coach. We're glad he's our coach, but he's not John Wood. Fair enough. Not John Wooden or Coach K. Yet. (laughs) No. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. (laughs) Yeah. All right, fellas. I think we got another good podcast in the can. It it was a lot of fun, as always, and all our listeners hope you appreciate it. Follow us on social media at 3 Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the podcast. They include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. And speaking of Z92.5, live this Friday night, January 28th, the Duran Railroaders travel to E.A. Johnson High School in Mount Morris to take on the Panthers. Until next time, for Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody, and bye just for now. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.